What's up? It's your man Chuck, resident member of the people that used to guard the walls when they were there. And you got my co-host. It's your girl Mikasa. You're a regular badass checking in, still doing badass things, and you are listening to another episode of Black on Time. <laughs> badass do a badass things that definitely describes Mikasa this episode. So how were you feeling about it after you watched it? There were a lot of cool moments. Um, It was just, I don't know, surreal that the rumbling is actually happening now. Yeah, I I get that. Because we've been building up to it. And everybody, like, even when the rumbling was discussed earlier, they're talking about, oh yeah, it'll only be a piece of the rumbling or whatever. And Aaron just went totally, that's what you thought. And all of the devastation and fear and destruction that we thought might happen if it was carried out was really happening before our eyes. So that was, it's kind of scary. Yeah. It was a lot of interesting um, comparison moments in this episode as well. So, like comparison between the anime and the manga? No. Comparison between different parts of the show and previously now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there were. I don't know. This, this actually might have been my favorite episode all season so far. Well, we probably won't get any more opportunities for it to be a good episode, so. <laughs> oh, man. I think that there's some great episodes coming out. Well, probably because you want to see Annie. I mean, way to bury the lead, but yeah. Like, my girl, she's finally back. Like, I mean, it's not probably. No, I, I said she's finally back. Oh, I thought you said she's probably back. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, she's finally back. She in action. She's been gone since season one. Mm-hmm. She's thawed out, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that her on ice. And now we're about to see what... I mean, because there are two true badasses in this show. And you got Mikasa. And he's the other one. Mm, pushing it. Is it? Mm. Like Annie, Annie is the Marley Eldian version of Mikasa. Uh, I like, guess if you remember, they're both sad girls that can fight really well, sure. <laughs> they're both sad girls that can do a lot of badass shit. Okay. And, I mean, like, I'm not like like you remember uh, season one when they got into it and they started competing during training. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just thoroughly enjoy both of their characters. So I'm happy that Annie's back. Mm, okay. She's, she's a little too spicy for me, but <laughs> not a fan. Armin loves her. <laughs> mm, I think it's more so that Armin loves the memories of Bertolt loving her. Um, yeah, there's, there, there's that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's mostly that because Armour don't even like girls, but okay. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my gosh. I I know my people, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to debate Armin's sexuality because you know, if him if Armin's in Aaron, love with Aaron. Aaron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Aaron and Picasso could definitely have been a throuple. It's um, definitely a triangle. And Aaron <laughs> loves neither, so there's that. <laughs> Are we sure about that? He loves himself above all. <sighs> I mean, if he loves himself above all, then why would he be trying to save them? Like, he exclusively thought you got to save Picasso and Armin. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I... Okay, I, you're right. Mm-hmm. He, he he loves them. Like, he, he loves I didn't Picasso. say he didn't. <laughs> he just loves himself more. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. We'll see, we'll see because what was the point of it all but i guess we'll discuss it in the last episode but <laughs> yes let's actually start off this review yeah let's get to the episode okay so the episode goes back into um the crumbling of the walls and it just shows you know from what the crumble i think you said the crumbling that leads to the rumbling that just kind of well you didn't say it leads to the rumbling you didn't let me get it out. It's in my notes, though. But okay. I'm sorry. I just laughed. For taking my opener. Wait, but... wait, wait. Just run it back. Run it back. I'll be quiet. <sighs> okay. So the episode opens with the walls crumbling down. And then we get to our rumbling. And Aaron is explaining his intent to all of the Eldens. He pulled them into the coordinate paths thing, and he's explaining what his plan is. And we see everyone's, well, not everyone's, but we see a lot of different characters' individual reactions. And of course, somebody um, put that together as a Zoom call so easily for us to see everyone's reaction without having to keep going back and forth to pause and stuff so that was really cool i liked it they, they, they definitely did the lord's work with that one yes definitely <laughs> so um aaron um is telling them that he's going to basically stomp the lights out of everyone outside the walls and mm-hmm. if you're not in the walls i'm sorry for you what did you say oh and i was just laughing so it, it, it went out so i couldn't hear it but um so yeah so the aaron is basically just you know giving everyone a play-by-play of what the plan is. And it's not like you really have time to do anything but be prepared for your death. So that was really interesting because obviously the people who were outside of the walls were the most freaked out um, because, you know, they're the ones that are going to die. And what's even crazier is the fact that, you know, we saw Annie's dad you know, drop down to the ground and you hear like all the people stop, did you hear that? And it's like the Eldians have the the inside scoop of what's about to happen and no one's going to believe them. That's oh, the worst part about this all. Wait, you, you really think that um, if they went and they told, uh, well, I mean, most of the Marley soldiers are gone and now most of them are dead, but you think if they went and told the people that were overseeing the uh, internment camp They'd be like, nah, y'all bullshit and get back to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, 100%. <laughs> so, 
Aaron kicked everyone out of the coordinates back to their respective part of the world. And, you know, we see Mr. Landhart on the ground looking in disbelief. And then we see Gabby and Reiner hobbling um, together looking for Falco because, you know, Gabby got to find her man. And so Reiner believes that Connie and John took Falco as hostage because they know how valuable he would be. And honestly, I was like, why the fuck would he think that? Like, why would he even think that Johnny and, I mean, Johnny, (laughs) John (laughs) and Connie were, um, you know, worried about that. And so, especially when the walls were crumbling, like, I honestly didn't think that that was the focal front of their mind. Because I don't even remember where Falco was when the walls started to uh, crumble. So, you know, the fact that they even... Well, that's further down the line. But um, so Reiner is, you know, telling Gabby that he was kidnapped. And she's like, for what? And he's like, well, he's a Titan now. So obviously they're not going to let one of the nine just, you know, walk around freely. And so. mm -hmm. I, in part, I think that Reiner also, because, yes, um, Falco is now one of the nine. But also in part, I think it's because Reiner realizes the humanity <laughs> that John and Connie have. Why are you um, laughing? Because what happens, speaking of the humanity that they have to take Falco. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think in part uh, it's because Reiner believes that they're good people to a degree, so they wouldn't just leave him for He dead. knows. Yeah. Yeah. He's been around them long enough to know what kind of character they have. They have better character than he does. But so Reiner, um, once again, feeling self-pity um, because he couldn't stop Aaron from destroying the world. I'm just like, bro, I'm so tired of your woe is me. Um, they, But I know it's probably more a defeat. Like, you know, he's actually been defeated. Again, again. Uh, right uh, <laughs> again. Um, but you know, Rhino really thought he was coming to save the day and be the hero. And so, again, um, but Rhino. <laughs> so they hide in an abandoned house, and Rhino encourages Gabby to go find Peak and escape on the rescue airships. And he thinks Gabby can tell the world what is happening and actually save people. How? I'm not really sure. He's so um, delusional. Very, and I don't know if it's the blood loss or what that's causing this delusion. But Gabby was like, "And what do you think that me going to tell somebody's going to do? Nothing. <laughs> Even she, a young twelve-year-old girl, knows that her saying anything won't stop anything." Time out, time out. Because I feel like this is going to be an episode where I say a lot of good things about Gabby. Unfortunately. You know what? I was waiting because I was wondering what your thoughts were on her after this episode. But, but like her realizing how delusional Reiner is being at this point, like the way that she treats him in this scene is the way that he's pretty much needed to be. I mean, a lot of people treated him like this, but oh no, he been treated all right. <laughs> yeah, like it's like even Gabby lost her hero in some senses. Like, because, you know, they're cousins and he's this great war hero. Well, I want to say that she lost it because she did say in the same conversation, why don't we just go kill Aaron? And like she hasn't already attempted twice (laughs) to assassinate him. (laughs) Well, no, because if one thing, Gabby's about it. Like, 
if if she has any quality that I will say is redeemed, Gabby is about it. Like she she about that uh, action. Being a serial killer is not what I would say is about it, but well, she about that action. Like no matter how the action look. So was Ted Bundy. These are these are a little bit different types of actions. <laughs> I know, I know death death is the result. And she really did kill my favorite character on the entire show. But she's about that action. Like she, like they both had the same goal. I, well, I feel like she's more like Aaron than Ted Bundy. <laughs> like how Aaron I don't think was, Aaron's that far off either, but continue. Oh my god. <laughs> like just how if she see something that she feels needs to be done she's gonna go do it but she always goes straight to killing i mean that's, that's what she problem. Was trained, that's what she was trained to do but killing is not the answer for everything and that's how she treats it I she mean, like we it, can't get him to do what we want just kill him I, but it's it killing is the answer that she was taught like you know like when you were taught oh three plus three plus three equals nine but then you learn that you could just do three times three and that equals nine so like killing was the three plus three plus three she ain't on that multiplication level yet so killing is what she knows killing is how she finds answers to things i'm going to tell you that wasn't a good analogy but i understand what you're trying to say because not like Falco, who learned the same type of stuff, killing isn't his immediate response to things. So Falco is thinking with that higher level, that multiplication. That's not what the analogy is, though, because the end goal is not. The end goal is death. That's the analogy. So the point where, never mind, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, she's just, she's come, she's come some ways. I would give her that. Um, but there's still more to go. Absolutely. This is like the bare minimum of being, you know, have some discretion with your killing. So she, this is the first time she's learning this. So um, yeah, I'll give her small credit for that. But did you make your Gabby point before I continue? Oh, yeah. I mean, part of my Gabby point is definitely after this. Uh, but yeah. Well, I basically finished, but um, oh, well. Gabby is still thinking about killing Aaron, of course, and to try to stop the rumbling. And Weiner lets her know that it's impossible to kill Aaron because he is now the founding Titan. He controls all subjects of Ymir and Titans. So, yeah. And so one thing I did notice is that Gabby, you know, while Reiner is passed out from his blood loss, um, Gabby is tying her hair up to go find her man Falco but the comparison there you know while she's tying her hair up into a ponytail looking in the mirror Aaron also did the same thing tying his hair up looking into the mirror right before he did you know he left the underground prison to go do whatever the fuck he wanted to do so it is some parallels there between her and Aaron and I'm pretty sure they wanted us to compare her and Aaron um in that scene so that was one thing that i was like oh okay 
their hairline even looked alike. They do. But what I liked about that scene, or the ending of it, like, Gabby left Reiner there like a little hunky he is. And, like, she was also had enough wherewithal to leave some provisions for whenever he woke up. Like, I just, I just really liked how Gabby approached that situation and the parallels to Aaron, especially because even since uh, this season's begun, everybody's been talking about how Gabby and Aaron are a lot like a lot of like. Um, but I really do like how she, like Aaron, was focused on saving her lover, best friend, all of that. So I really appreciated that part of it. But after Gabby leaves, um, we get to see the OG scouts that are left, Casa and Armin and John, Connie, and they're up on the roof and they're trying to assess the situation after they hear Aaron's PA announcement. And they're pretty much trying to decide what to do with Falco because much like Reiner said, um, John and Connie <laughs> picked the boy up and now it's all hostage. So that- They point, actually surprised me. It did? Mm-hmm. You expected them to leave him? I did. I didn't expect them to pick him up. Hmm. Like, when they cut to the scene where, you know, it was me constantly in Armin, and then you saw John and Connie with Falco, and I was like, they dicky him! Okay. Hmm. Because, like, mind you, I didn't know... I remember when the walls were crumbling, like, you could see John and Connie, they were in their ODM gear, and they were looking like, you know, WTF, but I remind you, I did not see where Falco was. So just to even realize that they, you know, swooped him up, that was just like, okay. <laughs> well, we know. Connie, I'm like, they doing, they're they're actually soldiers. Okay. See, I mean, yeah, because even Connie, for as stupid as he is, because Connie is so stupid, but uh, even for Connie, as stupid as he is, and I really feel like that was John that was paying attention and like, hey, let's go. Scoop up Falco. True. It probably was John. <laughs> <laughs> but based like, on how he was during this episode. I, yeah. I would give it to him, definitely. And then John is a lot more observant than Connie. Like mm-hmm. Connie's more, more instinctual. Uh, he's a more what? Instinctual. He's more he leads more with emotion than he does with brains. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing, but in this type of situation it is. Yeah. Anything military tactic wise, you can't lead with emotions. And that's why I don't think that Connie picked him up, <laughs> to be honest. I agree with you. Oh, well, no, no. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, like, bringing it full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they're all up there on the roof and they're discussing what's going on and what Aaron was uh, trying to do. And Jean, he's kind of. And, the way that they discuss the genocide is kind of funny because you see Jean slowly maybe becoming a Jaegerist right before our very eyes. Uh, um, I, I, I mean, I think John has always played the devil's advocate. Yeah. Like, I don't think he really is. But like when, when he's first, when he was first talking. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, I feel like it's been several times in the show that he's done something like that like you know he plays it up like I mean it ain't a terrible idea like I see where he's going with it but you know there there are other options but for somebody else that's more like 
peace uh keeper like oh no that's a bad idea and i'm mimicking armin um and so i feel that in john's case i feel like he could he could have been aaron if there weren't other people to lead him into a better choice yeah yeah um just to how we met him he was an ass him and aaron Aaron are asses but um, what was interesting about the discussion of the genocide is when they um, rationalized why Aaron was doing it um, to protect them. Mm-hmm. And then they had the flashback and John was mm-hmm. like, when Aaron was talking about, you're the, you all matter to me more than anybody else. Y'all, mm-hmm. are, y'all are it for me. And at that same time, there's still the Titans that Zeke made in the background and they're like so yeah Aaron loves us Aaron cares about us Aaron is doing this for us because he they labeled us devils and whatnot um outside but if he really cared about us why wouldn't he take care of these titans which was a question that I also had very valid Mm -hmm. because the titans really just wreak havoc and I mean I guess in one part of Aaron he's like well, I know they can take care of one another. But the other part is like, Pixis is out here being a Titan. Like, you fuck with Pixis, right? Like, why can't you just turn all of your comrades back? So I, I don't know if he couldn't. I don't know if he didn't think about it. I don't know if he just had bigger things in mind. Like, oh, I'm just going to go forth and commence with the rumbling and everything else that happens here can take care of itself, you know? And I feel like that's ultimately what he said. I mean, he's like, mm, I had one job, and that's the rumbling. So whatever else y'all got going on back there, I'm sure y'all can take care of it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the people who he was cool with wasn't Titan, so I don't really think he cared. <laughs> as as um, true. So you think if, like, Mikasa was a Titan, he would have been like, I don't think Mikasa would ever let herself become a Titan, but for conversational, um, I, I think it's possible. But yeah, I think Erin just knows that Mikasa would never be in a situation where she would get eaten by a Titan, especially not one that's not a power holder. Fair. I mean, absolutely. Or like, I mean, but we've she all seen Mikasa. Well, no, yeah. like if she would have drunk the wine, even though that's not her MO either. Like, I think that would have changed the how things went down if Mikasa was one of the people that drank the wine. So I think that would have changed his plan. I hope so. At at least, I mean, we'll never find out, but I I hope so. But uh, as they're dealing with this, Connie gets they're trying to decide what to do with Falco because. John has the idea, like, yeah, we could feed him the Pixis, you know, we could feed him to one of the people, and then they could come back. And Connie's like, no, we we're feeding Falco to my mom. Because Connie's Everybody's been- like, oh <laughs> they really your were. Mama. <laughs> How does she like nobody when you think about your mama? But you, and I mean, we get it. We love you. We know that you've been taking care of this Titan out back in Rakiko. But what's your mama gonna do once we turn her into a Titan? Right, like, like this is very sentimental, and we get this for mm-hmm. you. But like, nah, bro. 
And then, like during the midst of the argument, and Connie has some boneheaded things that he does, but when um, Armin was trying to be delicate, like, yeah, your mom probably isn't the best person to feed Falco to. If we're going to feed Falco to somebody, he's like, you're only here because you ate Bertolt. And I was just like, well, damn, Connie. Right? <laughs> First of all, you wasn't even there, Connie. You weren't. You wasn't on the roof when that hard choice was made, okay? Like, at least Flock was there, and he has, he's like, oh, yeah, I was trying to save Commander Irwin. Like, like I can see why Flock would be mad. I can see why um, Levi would be mad at the decision. Like, I can see why the people who were involved would have something to say. Yeah. But Connie, you wasn't with us. I mean, you was with us shooting in the gym, but not on that particular day. And then, first of all, Commander Irwin basically had body said, go on ahead and give it to him. You wasn't there. <laughs> and not only that, but Armin adds value to everything that y'all are doing. Your mama, love her. But, what um, she gonna do? Make us something to eat? Like... <laughs> Like the only person that benefits from it here is you. Armin has That's it. And like you you technically lost your mother four years ago. And you just wasn't able to give her up. Mm-hmm. Like if Armin had died, then honestly, a lot of the stuff that happened with the scouts would not have made it, you know? Like what? I mean, because Armin has been behind most of their strategies since Armin died. Like, and look where they got us. I mean, imagine where it could have got, could not. Ugh, sorry, but imagine where it could have got us had he been dead. Like, Dango was still the rumbling, and we still got it. I mean, I don't think that would have made a difference whether Irwin was alive or not. The only difference it would have made is Berto stayed alive. I mean, but I feel like a lot more scouts might have been dead. The only reason we have as many scouts as we do is because the Titans stopped because they found out what the secret is. The scouts are only alive because there's nothing to scout. <laughs> That's why all them Yakerists ain't did shit. That's why they was crying. Yo. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't. So, um, moving on, Connie um, takes advantage of the Titans, uh, causing a distraction, and he picks up Falco, and he dips off, and everybody else is, like, trying to survive. <laughs> Connie's just like, fuck it, I'm gonna go find my mom. And Mikasa, Armin, and Jean are like, well, we have literally bigger issues to deal with, because they're out here trying to eat us and everybody else. Well, they did say that all the other the Marlin soldiers must have been eaten already. And that's why they're picking off the leftover parody people. Yeah. So they're trying to um, take care of that whole thing. And they start having a slice. But then you see all of the, like you were just talking about, all of the wannabe scouts and they up here just being little. They're screaming. They're throwing crying. up, gagging. <laughs> and I just don't understand why they were still at the front of the thing with the uh, Titans busting through the wall. They thought they were safe inside the wall. 
Well, no, like they they see the Titans outside Rampage, and they like, okay, I'm standing right next to this wall. The Titans bust their face through. Yeah, <laughs> they they definitely fucked up by not actually going inside the building and hiding. Because the Titans can see you, dummy. Like it it makes no sense. They're not blind. <laughs> they might be dumb, but I don't even know if they just did. I think they just be right. clumsy. <laughs> You so, know who's not dumb? That one that was laying on top of that uh, roof. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the only reason why he was smart is because of Zeke. But... Yeah, so the Titans are everywhere chasing people and then we catch them chasing the Browse family. Mm-hmm. Uh, sidebar before we get into the Browse family. That was one, I think that was probably the most surprising part of Attack on Titan. Seeing Zeke in his beast form before we knew it was Zeke. Mm-hmm. Man, that scared the shit out of me because I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like, obviously that wasn't—it's a Titan, but it wasn't a Titan that? we had we had never seen before. So I was just like, "That was like probably one of the the most the moments that I was just like, okay, this show was going in a different direction than I thought." Not because that motherfucker started talking. He did, <laughs> and then like, I was like, "You're very aware." And we at that point we had never seen like because you know we had saw Annie, but Annie didn't really talk. Annie Bertolt nor um Reiner talked in there. Yeah, we never saw them in that Titan form. So that was definitely like, oh, and that's when I was like, okay, that's a lot more at play here than we even realized. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I remember back to that. I was like, what kind of Titan mutations? Because you know they talked about the abnormals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, what kind of Titan mutations are going on around here? Right. You got the you got this big monkey talking. You, the um, female Titan, like I was, yeah. It was weird, but I mean, like the female Titan, the colossal and the armor Titan all had the same kind of form in regards to just looking like naked humans mm-hmm. um but the beast titan was different from all oh. three of those variations so that was interesting like it's but, the even really special now that the rumble is going on i think the colossal titan is still bigger than the rumbling titan because I mean, the colossal titan stood above the wall so true okay true Continue. So I don't know hefty wise if it's the same kind of body stature, but it's taller at least. It has that. <laughs> but yes, so we see the times um, that you know were on the wall that Zeke created, and those guys being bitches, and we also see Yelena saying that these titans are the ones that Zeke made and she's trying to figure out why Zeke isn't controlling them and so that was you know she was a little distraught caught her in distress um but you know she was still I think it's more disbelief than anything um because this is like she never thought the plan wouldn't go according to you know everything and so who do you think is do you think that anybody at this point is more naive than Yelena was yeah, Armin like, and Mikasa. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. There. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, the, the Grisha's children did let everybody down. Mm-hmm. 
like, like they keeping generational curses going <laughs> but um yeah Yelena you know got her under stress and then we see the Browse family um being followed by Niall Titan and mm-hmm. I didn't even pee mm-hmm. I was I was like oh, not Niall um but yeah so they're being followed by Niles Titan and then you know Niccolo's with them still and Kai is too busy looking back baby girl runs through a gate and I was like oh my god he knocked herself on the head so hard literally ran clean through a gate and I was like uh. and then the manga it was kind of interesting because they didn't it didn't make it seem like she ran through it basically like the gate was already open and she just tumbled down the steps and stuff mm-hmm. but I ain't gonna lie that was kind of funny um, high key. I was- <laughs> like, and see her smack clean through that gate. I said, Oh my god, like, you, you know, baby, you gotta keep your head on the swivel. <laughs> that reminded <laughs> head on the swivel. That reminded me of, like, you know, how in every horror movies where the uh white girl's running and then she trips. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this scene was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely scary movie vibes. Oh, poor girl. Um, but at least you got some bangs to cover up their forehead that got knocked. Um, so we see, you know, she is down in this little um cellar, and Niall Titan is about to go to town. And you can see like Mr. Browse trying to basically save her, and Nicolo's like, Hey bro, you can't save her. And <laughs> then we see the hero Gabby come out of nowhere. Okay, that she, might be a little bit too far. She is a hero to them. Um, if she wasn't, they would have been dead. They had no weapons. Well, if she didn't kill Sasha, they, she, Sasha could have saved her, but, you know. If they didn't, she didn't kill Sasha, Sasha would be right there where the rest of the OGs was, period. And her family would be back on the farm. So, safe. we could call her a hero for this moment. Um, sure, we don't know if they'll be safe on the farm. We don't know what the world looks like while them Titans gone. <laughs> so, uh, shoot, Connie better hope his mama stood up. But, <laughs> um, Kaya, you know, Gabby comes to save uh, Kaya with the Titan rifle. And everybody was kind of like, you know, shocked because they're like, Mia. And, you know, Kaya was looking and thinking back on when Sasha saved her mother, well, saved her. From getting eaten by a titan that was already eating on her mother as she just sat there quietly and you know sasha was like a hero to her and somebody who saved her as being the only survivor of her little town and so she you know saw gabby as she like big sis because she was thinking about sasha which is kind of sad because i don't know she's probably still grieving and stuff and then have this little bitch come and you know save her so it's just like mm, mm. I get it, but it's like, damn, you know, I just wish it was Sasha. Yeah, I mean, even though they did give us that little thing after where Kaya thought it was Sasha. The hallucination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I must say that Gabby did look pretty badass when saying. I mean, I, Gabby's a badass. That's not the problem. She's too much of a badass. That's the problem. <laughs> it's like, the way she just came running with the gun and then shoved it in uh, Titan Dial's mouth and was like, mm-hmm. watch what I do. I was like, pow. 
okay then. I was like, okay. Uh-huh. So um, after the shot happens, the scouts magically appear, um, which tells me that they were probably close by and they just refused to help after they heard screams of people being chased by a titan. And that's exactly what I was going to say, um, because they're not, they don't, they don't have the same kind of heart in it as the original scouts did. So I just really hate to call them that. They're people who wear scout uniforms. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, gear. yes. And so they're basically, you know, asking Gabby where she got the gun from. Is she the one that came with Marley? Is she a Marlene? You know, basically about to kill her because like they cocked the gun. And then Kyle was like, you know, no, like we just got set. I mean, she what did she what did she say? She said we're just a, a farm a family. family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said they were just a family, you know, basically saving Gabby from being persecuted by these scouts, quote unquote mm-hmm. scouts. Nicolo so, was the one that shot the gun. Mm-hmm. Nicolo helped take her in. Whole family got in. He was a Marlin soldier. Even the mama, like, you're supposed to be helping us. <laughs> She's like, let's let's focus on the important things here. Right. She said, more importantly, aren't you supposed to be transporting us somewhere, like, to safety? So they do their job. You know, they making small talk and whatnot. And Kaya and Gabby are having a hard time. And, you know, basically asking each other why they saved each other. And neither one of them really had an answer. But, you know, the feels. And then Nicolo even chimed in and, you know, talking about how they all got a piece of devil in them. And Nicolo is an Eldian. He's, I thought he was just a regular ass Marlon. Okay, because I didn't know. Um, but, I mean, he's not wrong. But they all do have a little devil in them. Because even the people that are discriminating against the Eldians are not good people. Well, not saying the good night, but they have bad parts of them. So, He's not wrong with that. Like, everybody does have a devil in them inside this world. Just because I feel like if anybody who don't, it's the parody people because they don't know who didn't know anything about anything. Yeah. Yeah. So they couldn't discriminate because they, they couldn't discriminate against nobody because they was all the same. Yeah. And all they were doing was running from the uh, Titans. Yeah. Yeah. That- so. That that yeah. scene when Nicolo was consoling the um girls, it was um it was kind of touching to me. Cause mm-hmm. Nicolo was like, cause you know, Kaya and Gabby they have their history. But Nicolo was like Nicolo yeah. and Gabby had that history too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cause Gabby killed everybody's favorite person. Mm-hmm. And it was like for Nicolo, and I mean, of course, he's an adult, so he should be able to think in these ways even though adults on this show have not been able to be compassionate in every way um for him to be like yeah it's a little bit of bad in all of us but what we have to do is just get through you got to make it through the forest and then once you make it out the forest even if you i mean or die trying but once you make it out the forest that's when everything would be good and um i don't know i just really appreciated that because i feel like even though in that moment it was definitely needed to be heard by uh, both of those young ladies. That's something like when I watch things, I try to take things that I can apply to real life. And I don't think that we all have devils in us, but we all definitely do have struggles. And we all definitely do have um, things that hold us back from being our best selves. And that advice to just make it out the forest, like 
you got to get past the trees and get past everything that's holding you back. I think that's really applicable to just life. And I, I really appreciated that. Mm, tiny violin. <laughs> um, but then after that, we get back to the little pussies in the tower. And one of them. No, nah, that's the big, the big bad. The one who was talking cash money. <laughs> Like he was running something. Now he's screaming like a bitch. Cause they about to be a toothpick for a type. But a real OG comes through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Shata, OG of the OG. Shot is pretty much comes through and be like, I ain't trained y'all to be no little bitches. I ain't trained y'all Pussies. to be. I y'all are not supposed to be scared when y'all see Titan. So put on some ODM gear. Get out here and follow me, or else you're gonna die. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. stop, huh? I said, mm-hmm. he basically was saying the first one on the house. Now the rest of y'all got to come out here and get these. The rest <laughs> of them, because I ain't doing all this. Not by myself, and especially I mean, because these are also the same people that beat the shit out of Commander Shot. Is last part. And left him for dead. Left him for fucking dead. He still came back to save y'all asses. Who can't do shit but scream and run up behind Aaron and flop. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. They really are annoying. So, of course, Shadis, I feel like Shadis because he, ra- he raised all of them. And he knows the, the three that are left that he raised, Mikasa, John, and Armin, he knows that they're going to be good. He knows that they probably about their business and they probably out here doing the thing. And it switches to them. And I don't know what Yelena's... I don't know what be going through her head. Because I guess she's just ready to die now that everything has... Nothing has went the way that she thought it was going to go. Ever since she found out she getting played. She's I don't just think she's ready to die. I think she's just not focused. Like, she, we were so used to her being hyper-focused. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the first time where we're seeing that armor crack. And she's just losing it mentally because there's probably so many things going on in her head that I think that she's just not like she sees these titans yes but the fact that she thinks like oh I should have to run for my life I don't I feel like she still thinks that you know Zeke is doing Zeke is available to help and it's like she hasn't come to terms with that yet she being a goofy I mean it's definitely not in her favor to just sit there idly so Mikasa comes and slashes a titan through her and saves her again. Of course. Um, so Mikasa comes, does her thing, and then Jean and uh, Armin and see the rest of the the rest of the people that are holed up in the tower as they're getting ODM gear, and they come up with this plan to lure all of the titans to this one tower that way they can kill them all at one time and you see all you see the three scouts and then all the wannabe scouts even though i guess they kind of do earn their badges at this point well i think the ones that were in formation with them may have been constant because i feel like the ones that are holed up were the ones that were scouts turned yagery yeah because even when um the scouts turned Jaegerist, um after they, after Jean and the rest of the scouts blow up 
the ones that are gathered around Tower, the Jaegerist scouts, um, start trying to bring them up. And just mm-hmm. the looks on their Wish faces. Yeah. And just the looks on their faces as they're um, doing it, like you can tell that they're not really confident about what they're doing. But uh, the really touching moment is when uh, Armin sees Pixis and there's just this look as Pixis is looking up at them and they just keep looking back and forth. And <clears throat> they have these memories and Armin's just like, we wouldn't have made it this far if it wasn't for you, Pixis. Because Pixis, like Erwin and Armin and Hanji get a lot of credit as some schemers, but Pixis was playing chess the entire time. Uh, like the entire time. And it was really beautiful. So they killed him that way he wouldn't have to I, I guess suffer as a titan anymore and just all of the scenes from the scouts like we're everything keeps coming full circle we're back to fighting titans again uh, just like we were in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, and John is the commanding them all and like he wanted to in the right mm-hmm. but, but he's really good at and efficient he, he is like John has come so far from season one. Mm-hmm. But what likable really, even. Yeah, he's likable. <laughs> but what's really um stuck out to me about the scene is you know Mikasa's over there being a badass, shooting the thunder spears, doing all this, and then her little groupie friend is just watching her in amazement. And I'm just Peach. thinking, like, yeah, this is how you do it. This is what you're supposed to do. You was over there being a little hater her, but this is what you're supposed to like this is how you're supposed to be a scout like don't play with me i'm i'm still that girl you know so mm-hmm. they um eventually end up wiping out all the scouts or not all the scouts <laughs> the scouts end up wiping up all the titans and um it's just kind of this sigh of relief um it's, it's like back to business, but um, they end up back in the tower and everything is done with and they're just kind of regrouping and you got Ian Capone and they're bringing Flock's bitch ass up because unfortunately he survived and they just start discussing how things look after the battle. So after the battle is over, we see Onyong Capone speaking with John and talking about the aftermath. And you can tell John is a little beat up, and, you know, he's a little tired. And so Onyong Capone says, So are you going to tell us about this dream y'all had? Because he's not Eldian, so he didn't see it. And so John says, You looking at it? And on your Capone's looking like, oh, he said, so my homeland is doomed, huh? John, of course, was like, you knew that already. And, you know, on your Capone was just like, I see, I see. And, you know, that was a very somber moment for both of them because this obviously wasn't a part of the plan when they first met each other, you know, a year ago, maybe. So this is all just like news for everyone as the Titans are still walking around them and so someone yells excitedly to see fucking flock and who would be excited to see that guy the other jaegerist obviously 
And so, Law. I honestly didn't think they liked him either. John looks and sees Flock. He obviously he's upset, and he said, "So you lived." And Flock he's is so like, <laughs> Flock basically like, "You can't get rid of me that quickly." Evil and, doesn't die. <laughs> that is very true. Um, but yeah, and so. Flock congratulates on John for, you know, commanding the scouting, getting all the Titans um, killed before he got back. Because he basically was like, I was fighting for my life on that wall before it came down. And (laughs) unfortunately, he wasn't trampled in the aftermath. But, um, you know, character development, I guess. Um, So, um, you know, John, Flock is telling John, I'll be so disappointed that he's still alive because he says... Today is the start of Ilya's restoration. And it's really funny that Flock is, you know, all in on this. And he, Yelena is shown, you know, still looking disbelief and somber. And then what does Flock do? Come and puts a gun to her head. <laughs> and I was just like, of course you did. And, you know, it surprised everybody because they were like, Ooh. and John and on Yonkapon was looking like, oh. And he tells her to get her volunteers together, and he she's about to be detained. So I'm I really just, interested to know what Flock is trying to do. I just want to know where Flock gets his power at. Like you're y'all pretty much lost. The gun gives him the power. <laughs> you know, folks be good at gun. They don't know how to act. I mean, but like. I just don't understand why, because nothing, why would Flock still be in charge? Like, Flock has done nothing of use. Nothing. He's he's just, like, I, why are y'all still following Flock is my question. Like, that's where my concern comes in. I don't get, I, I really don't understand it. I mean, if there are time people to follow Flock, why do you think they would know how to do anything else on their own? And why would they not continue to follow Flock once he comes back? The critical thinking skills are very, very subpar. Well, the parody is reality, so. <laughs> so after the, um, he tells her she's going to be detained, um, we see Armin and Mikasa meeting with Mr. Browse. I'm assuming the other scouts took them back underground to where they were originally were. I guess they should have never left. But um, <laughs> and <laughs> he basically asked Mikasa and Armin for a favor. And then we see Gabby and Gabby and they were like, um, we're supposed to be gone. And she was like, you know, I'm not here to cause no drama. I'm just looking for Falco. And so they tell her about um, Connie's plan and where Falco is. And she's like, what? Why? Like, why would he do that? And they explain, you know, what the situation is and why um, Connie took Falco. And she was like, why can't Aaron just turn Connie's mom back into a human? Why does he need to go take Falco? And Armin and Mikasa looking like questions that need answers um we really don't have them for you so um gabby is talking about how 
if he can do uh undo Reiner's hardening, why can't he just you know do all these other things that y'all want him to do? And so Armin and Mikasa like, hmm? and so they realized that all the hardening had been undone. And then we cut to Annie, who hey. is gasping for dear life after she's been trapped in her jewel for the last four years and breathing air again for the first time. And it's just she's interesting. And she's back. And she's back. Okay, calm down, milk <laughs> lover. Hey, um, hey, let's not go that far. Not the Black History Month. <laughs> Black <laughs> History Month has already been ruined already. Several times over, but I'm not going to be a part of that. I, times I'm, over. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I won't call you a milk maid. But yes, we see Annie again for the first time since season one. So I'm I'm excited to see what she's going to add to the story. Some badassery, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, you're so thirsty. I have been thirsty for Annie to return for a while like Annie's listen Annie is the besides I mean Annie he the, the the female titans are my they're my girls like okay Tristan Thompson we get it <laughs> not Tristan Thompson but there no. were several names I could have thrown out but he was the first one that came to mind <laughs> I I do not have babies on people um multiple but i just really appreciate annie's character and or like thereof annie has a, there is a lot of depth in annie's character the most de- depth was given to annie after she was frozen <laughs> she had no, no depth before that she she did she was the silent Serial killer type, yeah. That that, sure. that that could do whatever needed to be done. I mean, I understand her character more, but it's not like she was the one that was adding that. It was a, the the story people. See the the. the I want to see her add value to the story. I feel like she about to. She about mm-hmm. to. But she was a good spy. Reiner and Bertolt, they weren't. Yeah, she did her job efficiently. I will so, give her that. So that's that's why she wasn't adding depth to her character, because not outside of, like, that scenes with Aaron in the beginning, because I feel like she had a crush on Aaron a little bit. But mm-hmm. like, outside of her stuff, like, because she was being so good at her role. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's why we didn't get those layers. Whereas, okay. like, with the other two, like, they they was out here befriending people, falling in love with Historia, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you got, to, love you got to see that stuff more, you know? That's interesting. So. He didn't even know she was a founding member. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. What if two Titans have a baby while they both Titans? <laughs> Do Titans don't even have a genitalia, though? I'm not, I didn't say they have sex while they 
are Titans. I'm saying they're both Titan holders who reproduce. Does the baby get Titan powers or no? Huh. Like, we don't have any stories of people being Titans and giving birth. We don't. Because, well, I would think not because you're short and they get the powers. Until they're mm-hmm. later. Ymir? Mm. But that's like not... This. Her husband wasn't a Titan, though. Mm. Well, I'm saying her husband, her baby daddy. Her abuser wasn't a Titan. She was a Titan. So if they're both Titans, do they get power? Mm-hmm. If Annie and Aaron had a baby, would the baby come out with Titan powers? Titan shifter powers? Would they be a shifter from birth? Because it's Aaron and Annie, probably. Because it's Aaron and Annie, I know that would never happen, but <laughs> for posterity. Well, no, I'm saying probably because like Aaron, now that especially he has a founder, type, I just feel like some, some type of DNA will come together with that. That's a very interesting question. But if it was Reiner, probably not. Anyway. <laughs> would you like to start on the manga comparisons and differences? Oh, yeah. We can go ahead and get into that. Um, okay. So, and, and we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier um, off wax, but I really feel like with how the um, manga is, like, there's, the manga adds some more, um, what's that word, clarification, some more reasoning for why Aaron's doing what he's doing, so I'm hoping that we get that, and... um, I feel like if we haven't, by now, where would they put it in? It could, I mean, it could be a flashback. I mean, it's, I have to be a flashback, but it's just, I, mean, I wonder where they're going to segue it into. Yeah, me too. Like, I feel like it It might be mm, one of those. Probably when the rumbling reaches Marley. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, because I, I don't know, but I feel like it adds a whole lot more context to what's going on, and I kind of feel like it's necessary. After Could you tell reading. the audience what chapter? It's from 123. So, like, it happened, um, during Aaron's PA announcement, but we didn't get it. And then we didn't get it before the PA, because it happened before the PA announcement. And we didn't get it before the PA announcement. We didn't get it after the PA announcement. And now we've had this whole episode and chapter, and this episode was chapter 124, pretty much panel for panel. And we didn't get in this one. So that means they were putting it two episodes after it happened in the manga. So I'm not really, I don't know. Because then, like, they even also referenced uh, the scene that we're talking about when they were talking about labeled us as devils. And then you kind of get that it's more than just Marley that's labeled them that way in a hurtful way. So I just I kind of feel like once you get that scene, then you can understand Aaron's reasoning and thinking. So I'm kind of I'm kind of waiting on that for the manga um but then also uh when just comparing this episode to the manga where it's at like i did really like how um the anime did 
show some things um, because you still got like the scene with Gabby Tyner Aaron, still got all that stuff. But like it also did cut out like Reiner picking up Gabby and running or um, just the, the some little details that you might not necessarily need. So I appreciated that in the manga. But and see, it's I just I don't really know where they're gonna fit some things in. And I feel like some things like they they cut some scenes out. It's almost malpractice. That scene specifically from 123. But 124, it it all went very well. Yeah. 123 has a lengthy part in there that I feel like they have to put in the story. But I just don't know where they put it at this point. Besides the once they read, because I'm pretty sure we're going to get another glimpse of different places as they're being trampled. Um, but Kaiju stuff, but I have a lot of questions. Me too. I... But I really like the reading the manga left me with more questions, they left me with answers. So I'm kind of hoping that the manga, I mean, the anime fleshes out a lot of things. And where is my boo, Levi? He's I need, in the I need his camera time. He's down by the river playing Hanky Panky with Hans. Okay. Let's, let's go to the next segment. I mean. Because you're going to blow me. <laughs> he's alive. Obviously. I want to see him. I need a wellness check. What's your surprise of the week, Charles? <laughs> um, the thing that I was most surprised about this week is that I actually had something positive to say about Gabby. I didn't feel any okay. bad ways about her. Um, like, I understood Gabby's rationale at every point, and I didn't have anything, like, because usually it's fuck them kids. Like, it's been fuck them kids since Gabby killed Sasha. Probably actually low-key before then. Because Gabby was not a good person, even when she was over in Marley. Like, so that would probably be my biggest surprise when I was watching this episode. I was kind of rooting for Gabby a little bit. So I was like, hmm, this is a switch up. What about you? Mm, I agree with the Gabby sentiment. Um, not where the surprise more so. Like, I'm glad that we're finally here. Um, I'm gonna say, is anything a surprise this week? More so, I like seeing certain things. Like, I love seeing John take on that commander role, mm-hmm. even though that's supposed to be Armin. But I think it's Armin's good with theories more than people. Um, for sure and so that was one of the things that i enjoyed seeing um i think i liked seeing the the parody people who we had known over time get their mm-hmm. endings as titans so like seeing pixies and um niall uh be killed in their titan forms i feel like that was like a closing a chapter mm-hmm. um per se of this little drinking wine debacle so I'm glad that we're finished with that. And it was like closure and completion. Um, but I'm just really interested in where, what we're going to do with Annie. And then how 
Armin is going to react to Annie. So that's more predictions wise. But um, yeah, so other than that, I feel like everything else went how I liked it to. You know, speaking of like the parody people getting their endings, um, I really did appreciate seeing Shadis like actually in action. Mm-hmm. Because um, our entire time knowing him, he's just been the instructor, which is cool because mm-hmm. that's their job. But seeing him out there actually slicing down Titans, rallying people, like that was kind of cool, especially since he was just beat to a pulp. Like, mm-hmm. especially like, considering that he was Commander Irwin before Irwin, and the fact that he's still alive. <laughs> <yeah>. Like, <laughs> that just speaks to his badassery. Yeah. Just because, you know, the life expectancy of a scout member is very limited and the fact that you know he retired and went to teaching and is still thriving in this new version of parody i'm happy because i mean if it wasn't pixies then it had to be shot is because you can't kill both the bodies off so nah. but yeah i did like that too and yelena actually that was a surprise her reaction was a surprise her reaction to Zeke all of this just her things not going her way I feel like she was such control or at least she thought she was in such control like from the beginning like you remember when she was like introducing the pair of default to this to that like Mm -hmm. so I just feel like her world has come crumbling down as the rumbling has begun well I wouldn't even say she had to always be in control. I think it's more so that she always was aware of the plan. So because she knew the plan, she felt comfortable because she knew how everything was supposed to go. And so for this to not be how the plan was supposed to end, I think that's the most like she doesn't know how to adapt. And so I think that was probably the most surprising for me. Cause just the way she does act, I would think that she know how to like pivot, you know, from one situation to the next, but it's showing that she only had one goal in mind and she doesn't know how to recover from that one goal not being achieved. Yeah. It's definitely definitely true. Do you have any predictions for next week? Mm, Annie's going to say something snarky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's almost a guarantee. Yeah, that's my only prediction. um i don't know what else that i don't know what else is going to happen because i only know i mean obviously i read the manga but i only know the grand scheme of things i can't i can't remember week to week what's going to happen so this is going to be a surprise for me too um my prediction for next week um my prediction is that we get some more Gabby time. Um, like, Gabby being, like, a good guy. We have we not. But, okay, Gabby being a good guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as she goes, tries to say Falco, um, I feel like there's going to be, like, a lot of focus on that. Like, it's either going to be a lot of focus on Gabby or it's going to be a lot of focus on Annie. And I hope Annie gets the requisite screen time that she deserves that she's been missing out on for the last, like, three seasons. But does Annie know Gabby? Hmm. Does Annie know Gabby? 
She probably she probably does because um Gabby, I mean, besides the fact because Annie, I mean Annie didn't really care about Ryan. But um Gabby was one of the audience and trainers. So I feel like Gabby would have been like a little kid when Annie But she was a little kid. But when Annie left, Gabby There were there were Gabby was, they were the ones in training when she left. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like wouldn't she have met her? They would have crossed paths at some point because Gabby was in training already when they left, right? I don't think so. Gabby was only 12 in, when we met her. So that means I don't think they would have started them off at like seven or eight. Mm. It's possible, but I, I just don't. I think they only did by classes. So I feel like when they went off to Parody, that's when they came with the next class. I wouldn't think that they would have had two classes going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. But Especially because the four of them all had Titans when they left. And we know that they didn't have the Attack Titan or the Founding Titan. So that's six Titans. So it was only three Titans left, which is the Beast Titan, the Cart Titan. But like, Colt wasn't in their class. Right? Like, because Colt... Colt wasn't in Reiner's class. And, and no, I know that. But Colt is, I think it's based on like, obviously Zeke had his beast titan for longer than they had got their titans. So right. Colt probably came as a replacement for Zeke. They're probably looking for replacements as they come. Like, this person time coming up, let's get started training them for blah, 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 blah. I feel like this answer the age that they start, it's earlier. Because I remember when Falco was, because remember how like they had a big group of people, right? Like they had a big group of students at first and Falco was like behind it everything. Mm-hmm. Or no, that was Reiner rather. Reiner was behind it everything. The other blonde sadie. And they were pretty young when that was starting. You're actually talking about Zeke. When he was behind and Grisha was looking at him and embarrassed. Oh, yeah. The other <laughs> so the the blonde all the blonde underperformers. But uh yeah, when Zeke was performing set piss poor. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty young. So I, I think like, that was more of a tryout kind of thing, more so than they were training all of them. But like Udo and Sophia didn't have somebody that they were guaranteed to take over. Like, it, I mean, neither did Falco, really. Like, they were all competing for it, right? Yeah, but I'm saying they only had a certain amount of people that compete. They know they were going to have, for example, if they have seven people in the training program, it's because they have seven Titans. Like, so you're, somebody's going to take somebody's spot. Now, whether you come first and take somebody's spot or come later is going to depend. But I don't think they ever have more than seven people in the training program at the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I just kind of feel like they, they picked, like, the groups. Like, I don't know. I feel like they just have the group rotate and then, like, the best is like, oh, well, the 13 years are up and you're the best person for this role. 
so you'll get it. Okay. Because, like, I feel like they are constantly recruiting because they want the best LDN, the best option. And then, like, you know, L, the interned LDNs are all trying to uh, become an honorary Marlin. So, <sighs> but then also, like, you know, they have regular soldiers too. So the um, childhood soldier program might just begin early. And then if you don't come, like, we don't think you're worthy to become a Titan, you just become a regular, regular soldier. I mean, that's possible. I don't know what the point of this conversation is anymore, but. <laughs> I thought we were just trying to figure out. Figure out what? I, oh, the point, because I couldn't remember what, how this conversation started. The conversation started because I was trying to figure out if Gabby knew any. Yeah. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and just by any lack of interaction with the people who she was in the program with, I'm sure they didn't know each other. I feel like Gabby, Gabby, yeah, true. Gabby probably knows Annie. Annie probably doesn't know Gabby. Yeah. So, and that was a nice wrap-up of the episode. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, tell the people where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter at Primayana. And you can find me also on my other podcasts, Kind of Complicated Podcasts. And for me, uh, you can find me at Chuck underscore make underscore. If you find me there, you can find me anywhere. Don't forget to rate us five stars. Don't be a flop. Um, and you can also reach out to us at Black on Titan, AOT at gmail.com. Uh, for any questions, concerns, just to say hi.